Welcome back to the podcast, Walking with the Master. My name is Ken Winter, and this week's episode is entitled, Is He Worthy? This past Sunday, as our faith community sang the confessional worship song, Is He Worthy?, written by Andrew Peterson and Ben Shive, I found myself pondering, do I really believe what I am singing? Is God truly worthy of all blessing, honor, and glory? And if he is, am I really living out my life as if he is? Those questions caused me to think about the early believers we read about in the book of Acts. Because they truly believed God is worthy, there was a conspicuous transformation that occurred in their lives. It changed the way they thought about everything, themselves, their priorities, their relationships, their time, and their possessions. They immediately recognize something that appears to be more difficult for us today. They felt that what they owned was not their own. The hearts of the believers had disconnected from their stuff and their own ambitions. Instead, they connected with the Spirit of God. They no longer felt entitled. They now felt blessed. They were no longer possessed by their belongings. That which they had in their possession was now seen as a means with which to minister to others. Luke writes that the believers were united in heart and mind. They were no longer united with their personal possessions. Rather, they were united with one another. They were united in Christ. They were believers in every sense of the word. They not only believed in Jesus for their salvation, they believed in him and trusted him for all that they needed. Their satisfaction and worth no longer came from what they possessed. Rather, their complete satisfaction was in God through Christ. Today, as 21st century believers, we read that passage and immediately want to issue disclaimers. Surely God does not intend for me to give away all that I have. That statement in and of itself reflects the condition of our hearts, our trust, and our belief. The passage doesn't tell us that they all sold all of their possessions all at once. It says that they shared everything they had so that no need went unmet. Needs were met as they arose through the provision that God placed within the body of believers. The issue wasn't the possessions, rather it was the ownership of those possessions. They didn't all immediately sell everything that they had, rather they immediately surrendered the deed to all that they had to the one who had provided it. Through that transaction of surrender, they were acknowledging that they were no longer the owners. Their possessions were no longer theirs to keep or even to give. That decision rested solely with the owner. The possessions were his to use as he saw fit. As an example, there are many today who want to debate whether or not we are to tie the percentage of our income to God through his local storehouse, the church. We see the tithe established in the Old Testament as early as Genesis 14 as a starting point for giving to the Lord. Additionally, we see a multitude of offerings that were to be given over and above the tithe. The debate today surrounds whether those commands that were given to God's people under the law still apply to those of us who are now under grace. 
I have heard many who profess to be followers of Christ use grace as a justification that we are no longer to give a tithe because we are no longer under the law. They are using grace to justify their refusal to honor God with the provisions he has given. The early believers clearly demonstrated they were no longer to return a portion of what God has provided back to him. Rather, we are to return it all. He does not own one-tenth of what we have. Grace shows us that he owns all that we have. If we are giving a tithe of our income through the local church, that's only the beginning point, not a point of debate. Those early believers knew that giving, whether it was of their possessions or time, had nothing to do with percentages or amounts. Rather, it had everything to do with their hearts. Many of them had been eyewitnesses to Jesus' sacrifice on the cross. Their hearts were now gripped by him and for one another, and they had loosened their grasp on their own ambitions and things. Faith in Christ creates a bond of love with people and cuts the bond of love with possessions. We are to be freed from the love of things and firm in our love for others. Over the years, I have heard pastors and teachers, myself included, talk about giving sacrificially. But in light of God's worthiness and the example of those early believers, I think we get that wrong. I can only sacrifice something I own. If I no longer own it, it is no longer mine to sacrifice. I have abandoned all that I am and all that I have to the Master. I no longer have any rights or say over its disposition. I am simply the caretaker for the owner, carrying out his directive, trusting that as I do, he will also provide for my needs. One of those early believers, Joseph, or as we better know him, Barnabas, was a great picture of abandonment. As a Levite, Barnabas would have been far from being affluent. His act of selling a field and bringing the proceeds to the apostles was tantamount to the widow who gave the mite. He wasn't giving from his plenty. He was basically giving all that he had. Because he had surrendered it to God long before any money was ever received from a buyer. His abandonment was not only seen in the property that was sold, it was also seen through his other actions as well. In Acts, we see that Barnabas was abandoned to his Lord in his willingness and obedience to reach out to a new convert by the name of Saul when all of the rest of the believers in Jerusalem were afraid of him. Through his abandonment, God led Barnabas, a Jew, to leave his home in Cyprus to go to Antioch and co-shepherd the new Gentile church. From there, Barnabas and Paul were led by the Spirit of God to preach the gospel to the Gentiles throughout modern-day Turkey, Syria, and Cyprus. But it all began with the demonstrated freedom from the love of stuff and an overwhelming love for Jesus. They gave it all. Not at the point that they sold their property. They gave it all long before that. They gave it all when they surrendered their lives to Jesus. The sale of property, the giving of all that they owned, was merely evidence of their surrender and abandonment. 
like Barnabas or the widow who only had the mite, it doesn't matter how much or how little we have. The question before every one of us is, have we given it all? What are we continuing to hold on to tightly? What are we refusing to let go of? The old saying is still true. Jesus is not Lord at all if he is not Lord over all. Is he worthy? Or are those words just something we sing? Is he worthy of all? He is. I've adapted this episode from Until He Returns, the sixth book in my Lessons Learned in the Wilderness series. Information on how you can obtain a copy of the book or any of my other books is available on my website, kenwinter.org. Well, thanks for joining me again. And walk with the Master this week in a way that reflects your belief that He truly is worthy.